Are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 374, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 19. Uh, coming at you this week, as always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... MC. And since this is your regularly scheduled uh, live broadcast on Clubhouse, join us there to get it on the live show. At Clubhouse, uh, the Anarchist Experience, or at me, at Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four... R-I-C-H, uh, and then get the little notification when we go live. You can jump in, raise your hand, do all that dumb, fun stuff that Clubhouse allows you to do. Uh, so what is going on with you this week, MC? Oh, not a whole lot. I, uh, <laughs> I've i been fighting a uh, bacteria infection in my throat for two weeks, but um, other than that, everything's good. So I have a whole bunch, uh, well, not a whole bunch. I have the, you know, the, the requisite amount of headlines that we can get into. Um, but I sent you and KS like a separate headline. Um, I'm not going to, we don't have to get into it, but just, you know, to follow up from last week. Uh, so this headline reads, facts beg the question, was the Uvalde shooting, school shooting manufactured to take your guns? And on last week's show, I had suggested that there was more than enough coincidences lined up to conclude, uh, that there could have been foul play. And you guys were not convinced last week necessarily that, you know, anything was out of the ordinary as far as everything lining up. Um, I know you said you didn't, you you know, I haven't gotten a chance to read the article yet, but you did say that some things may have come to light uh, in the last week that may sway you in a different direction. Am I putting words into your mouth? Oh, sure, except I, I might actually be mistaken. I actually don't follow it that closely. So um, I, I thought maybe an FBI agent was involved with the 18-year-old and the Uvalde um, incident, but um, I might be wrong about that. So Okay, well, even even if there was or wasn't, one of the things that the conspiracy theories lead to is always that the FBI manufactures these crises because they have... You know, they, they have they need to have something to do. Justify paycheck or just cure some boredom. Right. We saw it much more heavily in the Michigan kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer, the, the you know, uh, was it the governor there or the kidnapping threat or attempt there. Um, and my line is generally how convenient. Right. How convenient that these things happen at opportune times for, you know, political parties to make their move in certain areas, um, you know, the gun grabbers, you know, we're, we're, we're coming after your guns, uh, that sort of thing. And you said, like, they don't even need, you know, they don't need a specific incident. They're not going for an incident. They're just manufacturing a threat so they can come and save the day kind of a thing. Like, that's the motivation, not, nothing political necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. Um. Yeah, I, I I think that most uh, law enforcement is looking for, you know, they're they're looking for dragons to slay, and if they find somebody who's uh, potentially going to do something, that they would um, maybe even egg them on, maybe even you know offer them explosives, uh, and just to see if they'll come pick them up, and so then they can nab them. Um, because they want to justify their existence. That's, I think that's the most uh, important aspect about uh, some of our uh, agencies going after threats is, is that, um, for the most part, they're useless. And unless they make something up or uh, find somebody who's dumb enough to go along with them, um, then they won't have anything to do. Yeah. I mean, we see that again with the with the TSA, right? They no no terrorists, no bombers, no nothing. Uh, 
just a whole bunch of stolen property by the TSA agents themselves over the last well, 20 years. Well, I mean, to go so. along with that, when, when there is an explosive that comes through the airport, who brings it through? Uh, usually the cops during their tests. Right. So yeah. it's the TSA is the only ones bringing explosives through. And, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, they'll make up a plan and, and say, oh, look, we caught somebody. You know, it's like, no, you told him to go through. <laughs> right. And so I think a little bit of your confusion with the Uvalde FBI, um, there was some information that came out over the last week about the Buffalo shooting which was the white dude going to the, the black grocery store, um, which I want to get into in a, mi- in a little bit more in a minute here as well. Um, because he went to the, you know, he went to the black grocery store. They, they're, you know, saying it's racial, but he was apparently egged on um, by an, a retired FBI agent in Texas. So that might've been where the, the, the Texas uh, gotcha. connection was made. Uh but it, you know, retired FBI just just trying to get his jollies, right? Relive the good old days, kind of a thing. Yeah. Like not, what's I'm the motivation really sure. there? I'm not really sure why this retired FBI guy would be uh, involved in it at all. I guess I'd have to find out more. And I guess that's that's the suggestion that I'm making is you won't find out the truth necessarily, uh, but it does it, it, ra- it it's got to raise red flags. That's, you know, that's, that's my whole line about, you know, how convenient it raises a red flag. It makes me a little bit more suspicious, right? Not that, not that, you know, the either shooter would have, wouldn't have done it without being egged on. Um, but that why, you know, why get involved in the first place? Like what's, what's the motivation for FBI or retired FBI, um, to like egg on a shooter, uh, if you know if they're not under surveillance already, right? Like how many how many times does this have to come out where you know the the FBI knew about it, right? The the FBI was aware of this guy, and they did nothing because there was you know they they investigated, they found no credible threat, and then all of a sudden he's the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. That makes personally that makes me suspicious, uh, and the, you know one sidebar to the buffalo shooting that i you know i think it's important to get out there for the anarchists the libertarians who would say you know there was some you know left-wing propaganda coming out that says you know they shoot up the school and you know they want to arm they want to arm the teachers right the the people on the right want to arm the teachers Mm -hmm. and then they shoot up the hospital and and the call is to like arm the doctors uh (laughs) but they, they shoot up a black store and no one's calling for black people to be armed. And <laughs> I want to say, yes, there were. It was, it was the anarchists and the libertarians saying, like, see, this is why you can't have gun-free zones like they do in New York. Because if those black folks in that store had been armed, right, they would have increased their chances of defending themselves. And so there might not have been racist calling for black people to be armed uh, after that incident. But there was definitely a group of people calling for everyone to be armed all the time, uh, if nothing more than a deterrent, right? You know, I don't, I don't, a, a lot of the people that, or at, least, uh, at least around here, that carry on the regular, uh, I don't think they're going out looking for trouble, right? They're not going to, you know, they may not, you know, you never know what people are going to do in a crisis situation, but I don't think they're looking to be the hero, right? They're just looking to be in a position where if the shit hits the fan, uh, they're equipped to handle themselves more appropriately. And the people in the grocery store, right, you know, they, they, they did not have that ability because it was a, you know, gun-free area for the most part. And just, you know, the, the, the laws of the area were poor. And then stores, you know, stores don't, a lot of stores in that area will have, you know, the gun-free aspect sure. of it too. So that's where you go. You know, you, yeah. you go where the guns and, are. And, and even if more people are armed, um, that's not necessarily going to stop tragedies from happening altogether. Um, but, I, you know, you have to point out that in any case of somebody just, you know, trying to kill as many people as they can, 
the person that usually stops them is somebody with a gun, whether it's law enforcement or not. Yes. It's somebody with a gun. And so um, the whole idea that uh, eliminating guns is uh, going to uh, solve the problem uh, or gun sales, um, I don't know. I just I don't see it happening because there's just so many guns out there. So. Yeah. That's another thing where, you know, uh, you know the, the book How to Lie with Statistics Right. If you if you stop a mass threat too early on, it doesn't count as a mass threat. We look this up. You gotta you gotta kill four people before it's considered a mass shooting. So if some dude opens fire with you know uh, 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 a rifle or any other weapon, right, and only puts down one person before he himself or she herself is stopped by an armed, you know, uh, a good guy with a gun, right? That doesn't count as a mass shooting. That's just defensive use of firearms 101. Mm-hmm. So, then that you, so then they can't say that, you know, hey, your gun stopped the mass shooting because it didn't. It's, it prevented one from happening, and you can't really wrap that up in the statistics when it comes to how mass shootings are stopped. Uh, but as you said, MC, it's usually someone else with a gun, right? That's... You go in there, you shoot the guy, you shoot the bad guy with the gun, and that typically ends it. Or you wait it out, and they kill themselves, or you know, some other tragic end. Um, but the more people that have it, right? You know, the the, the more people that are armed, uh, the less likely you are to go into that area thinking you're going to get away with a mass killing. Hmm. It's always targeting uh, gun-free zones or, or low gun areas. It just that's what they do. That's how bad guys work. That's one of the that's one of the things you know in the in you know the the threat assessment course the the refuse to be a victim courses is not necessarily carrying a firearm, um, but making yourself a less likely target. Mm-hmm. And how can there's many ways to do that without reaching or having or needing to carry a firearm, um, but just being situationally aware. If you're aware of what's going on, you're less likely to be approached. By someone willing to do harm, because you're a bad target. You are not victim material, and they will go elsewhere. So the more gun-free areas you have, the more targets you have for those people uh, looking to not die in, you know, while committing their heinous crimes or murders or whatever. So it's just silly. The whole gun-free aspect of it is silly. Canada banning handguns is silly. Joe Biden calling uh, 9mm high capacity, or not high, uh, yeah, yeah, high caliber rounds is silly. Did you see that one? No. Oh my goodness, you are missing out. I know you're under the weather, but you are missing out. <laughs> he literally said uh, that when you get hit with uh, with a nine millimeter round, that your lungs blow out of your body. <laughs> He's like, if you get hit with a twenty two, you know the doctors can take it out and maybe save your life. But if you get hit with a nine millimeter, it blows it out of your body. Oh no! <laughs> and there's no coming back from that. Yeah. So, and on all those other high caliber rounds. So. I saw one that said uh, an AR-15 round. Oh, it was uh, NPR. Uh, a tweet. It said uh, an AR-15 round can decapitate you. Yeah. Not a chance. <laughs> I mean, is it theoretically possible? Sure. <laughs> Uh, no, not really. <laughs> it's a pretty small round. It just I goes really it. fast. It goes really. F- I put holes in things. You know, it doesn't. It can't decapitate anybody. <laughs> I mean, if it hits, if it hits your spine a certain way, it could be like an internal decapitation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But your head's still going to be attached. <laughs> I get it. That's why I'm. That's why I'm trying to think of how that could theoretically be possible. But uh, there are it, there are internal it, decapitations. If it so. hits a a, a a fetus, you know, right in the head. You know. Okay. <laughs> There you go. There was, a, I think it was like a, a race car driver or something several years. It was my first experience with an internal decapitation because the, the car flipped or hit something or whatever. Yeah. And his head was still attached to his body, um, but his skull was no longer attached to his spinal cord or something right. to that effect. Yeah. Like when, when I broke my leg, right, there were, there were, you know, I broke my leg, but there were no bones sticking out of the skin. Mm-hmm. So... You can you can have your head detached from your neck um, and still have your neck skin surrounding it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. So if they're if they're saying that you know 
I would like to see the ballistics done on this now all of a sudden. <laughs> but if you if you hit the spinal cord a certain way and you blow out a vertebrae, right? I guess theoretically if your head's no longer attached to your neck because your vertebrae is missing, maybe. But yes, generally it's a tiny ass bullet. It goes really fast. It defeats body armor in some cases. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. It's technically technically considered twenty two caliber as well. I wonder if someone should bring that up. Right? He's always talking, you know, if, he, if he's saying that 22s are okay, right? Well, then 5.56 five, is okay because it's just a 22. It's a point two two three. I mean, it's, is that, is that point zero zero three really make all that much of a difference, Mr. Biden? You know, your AR-15 shoots 22s. So AR-15s are okay then. I'm spitballing now because I'm just thinking that one through. That'd be an interesting. That would be an interesting gotcha question for Mr. Biden. If anybody's going to like follow up on that, did you know that the that the AR-15 that's so scary shoots twenty-two caliber rounds, Mr. Biden? Does it? It does because it shoots two, two, three. It's the same thing. It's technically considered twenty-two. I'm trying to look it up right now. Go for it. <laughs> it's a. The bullet is the the diameter is point two two three, it's a twenty two. I'll wait. No, that's okay. We, we okay. <laughs> Not only that, there's a conversion. Like I have, I had, I'm say had because I no longer have, uh, but there's a there's a training alternative um, where you can get uh, an upper that shoots twenty two long rifles out of the AR fifteen lower. So. It's it's a it's a it's a platform that allows for many different calibers, uh, from from that twenty two all the way up to fifty cal, if you do it right, from the same lower receiver basically. So yeah, it's a vers- versatile. That's the word I'm looking. It's a versatile platform. But the okay. the these, so, go ahead. So the point two two three is is a is a round that just has a much uh, much more gunpowder. Yeah, and so that's why it goes faster. Right, um, 20, it's it's a larger round, is just slightly smaller, but the much less gunpowder. Right, but the, if, it, if we're only talking about twenty twos, right? There's a whole range of twenty twos, and two two three is part of that range. Sure, that's all I'm saying. If he's gonna, if he thinks twenty twos are okay, he should be okay with the AR fifteen platform because it's it technically shoots a twenty two caliber bullet. And if you need to kill a black bear, you need a point four 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 marlin. A point four 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 marlin? Is that what you said? That's what it's. I'm just looking at this random chart. Oh, <laughs> if you need to kill a black bear, you need something okay. twice as big, twice as big as a twenty two. <laughs> okay. So like the dirty Harry gun then, but in life. Yeah. Okay. Three oh eight's not going to cut it. Thirty out six. What is the three oh eight? It's slightly bigger. It's it's the this one doesn't have this chart doesn't have the okay. three, oh no it does three oh eight uh, that's the, you can kill a hog with that or an elk or black bear or sheep or goats. All right, <laughs> three oh eight is one of the more common standard hunting rounds at this point. Sure, sure, yeah, that's all. All right, shall we do headlines? Uh sure. Got some good ones. I'm missing KS because I got some got some good ones for KS today. <laughs> uh, headline: I am no longer a libertarian. Oh. Uh, headline: gov- Government to steal elderly man's house over five hundred and seventy three thousand dollars. They find him for working on his car in his backyard, stealing the house. Uh, this this one is so stupid, uh, and you may have already seen this one. Uh, headline: California court rules that bees are fish. <laughs> I saw that one. Yeah. Uh, headline: Who's Libertarian Party? Uh, this is some insider shit. So if you want to get into that, we can. Uh, basically, the Libertarian Party had their convention over last weekend. And oh my, the drama, if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, headline, you don't have to give your life for freedom. Uh, headline, drivers in Washington State 
don't have to stop for cops anymore. A headline, Baltimore, there's a gun one for you. Baltimore City Mayor sues Polymer 80 for public health crisis, ignores decades of failed liberal policy. And finally, headline, an Alabama family is fighting a losing battle against eminent domain. Any of those jump out at you? Um, what's the one about the I'm no longer a libertarian? All right. I am no longer a libertarian. Uh, this was a weird blog site. I don't know where this originated. Um, but I'm a, the, the author is Mark R. Watson. Not even familiar with that name. But, you know, it's got the big old circle A at the top of the article. And it's a, just a weird article. A weird, weird source, I guess. But we'll read through it. Uh, if you ask nearly any good libertarian, what is the essence of libertarianism? They will tell you. Number one. The non-aggression principle uh, or the non-aggression axiom, the NAP or the NAA. Number two, private property rights. And it will satisfy most who hear it, except those who wish to add a whole laundry list of their pet causes. Then you go and take the world's smallest political quiz, and if you're smart, you try to score a perfect hundred for each of the personal and economic freedom. You will say you're a small L libertarian rather than a big L libertarian because you know the Libertarian Party continuously pushes warmed over Republicans or Democrats who have never read or heard of BC's Rothbard or even LRC, uh, LouRockwell.com. They may know Cato or Reason. Nevertheless, there are libertarians who quote unquote get involved with the Libertarian Party or even other major parties to run support candidates. There is even a Mises caucus, quote-unquote, in the Libertarian Party. Uh, and if you want to get into it afterwards, that's the, the crux of the next article, Who's Libertarian Party? Uh, I tweeted to Mises caucus in so many words that it was misguided as an effort before I left Twitter, and I was not a member of the national or even state LP. Sure, my name might still be on the roll somewhere if you look for it, because I used to get their mail and email. So here is the point. It is completely against the NAP for a libertarian to accept or run for office, pay for a candidate, vote or volunteer for a candidate to be in an authoritarian office, especially the highest authoritarian office in the country or state or even the world. So there is a Mises caucus whose efforts are to support the best, most well-read and aligned to Mises and Rothbard, to win the presidency of the United States, for example. The best candidate in recent memory that they would have loved for LP president would have been Ron Paul, the longtime Republican from Texas. There are popular personalities I appreciate and listen to regularly, uh, Tom Woods, Dave Smith, Scott Horton, etc. And now, after scratching my head for years, I can say what troubles me. Uh, my quote from the author. The main difference between a minarchist and a totalitarian, totalitarian is time preference on the downward slope to tyranny. Don't be a minarchist, respect the NAP, and be an anarchist. Is it still true? But here is the point. I used to think that to be a perfect libertarian, you had to be an anarchist. That is wrong. A perfect libertarian is a political animal. They actively support voting and the political process, especially the American political process. In other words, there are those who claim to be libertarian and they do not vote. This is a non sequitur. Libertarians accept the political outcomes of elections as they contend for the same political power, repeating. Libertarians accept the political outcome of elections as they contend for the same political power. They may claim they will exercise less of it or that they will return the office to its constitutional limits. But the office exists. They might even suggest agencies of government to abolish while leaving many others intact or at least operational. And yet a libertarian and an otherwise so-called or even self-described constitutionalist will not at all have similar core beliefs even when they claim to be strict constitutionalists. They may claim to have an affinity for Lysander Spooner, but this again as a libertarian is a non sequitur. 
for those who otherwise would accept returning to a constitutional government or who would still uh, want certain government functions or agencies intact. In short, claiming to be a libertarian and supporting anarchy at the same time is illogical. The only anarchist position is no government. It is in the very definition. So if you want to be against the government, being a libertarian is literally only arguing for how big a leviathan you want because you will not get a small government that you can flush down a toilet. Instead, you will get a government that is so large, it will tell you how much water is in each flush. Meanwhile, it will tell you what is acceptable to think, speak, and act, and anything else will be a crime punishable up to death while the only reason you're not already dead is sheer luck or determination on your part. How many times have you heard, I think government should defend life and liberty with police and military powers, and that's it. Or similar, the government cares not for your opinion. So why is the anarchist position the only position for liberty? Because the history of the world is that government is a monopoly on force, an instrument of control and oppression over populations within jurisdictions which act on behalf of the high net worth individuals and multinational and national corporate interests. These layers upon layers of jurisdictional control execute policy over the population within their geographic and economic influence, having debates over which is better, communism, fascism, socialism, or democracy is rather pointless in a system where communist, socialist, and democratic regimes all force down the same genocidal policies handed to them by the same high net individuals, uh, high net worth individuals and multinational corporations. All these government organizations are more or less strict human privileges by permission and at the pleasure of the people and entities controlling or funding the various governments. Liberty is not part of that system. Self-determination is not part of that system. They are global oppression on the cheap. We must raise the cost of our oppression. It must become cost prohibitive. Right now we are trading with quote-unquote money from the oppressor who has the counterfeiting printing press to print as much oppression as it wants or needs in any geographical area or the whole world. Why are we all oppressed? Because it is free. It costs nothing. How much of your life and the lives of the global population worth? It is currently on the open market for zero. Uh, end of the article. So, MC, throwing it over to you. Do you think that this uh, author, uh, Mark Watson, uh, accurately finds the line between anarchist and libertarian? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the whole idea of uh, libertarian and, well, I, I mean, just the creation of a libertarian party is kind of puts itself in a hard place. So if you look at the history of the country, you know, there was, okay, you have the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, they were, when the country was started, they were much more constitutionalists. Um, and well, and even what wasn't even Democrats and Republicans at that time. Sure. And so it's, it's strayed so far from the ideals that it was started with, I mean, even, even the Constitution itself was straying further away from the Articles of Confederation. So, um, anyway, the, the Libertarian Party was basically created because th there was a group of people that didn't like how how radical the, the two-party system was becoming. Um, so was that their mistake right there, then? Entering that thought, that theories, those thought processes, kind of. But what, what do you, what do you, what do you do? Like, let's say, I mean, I was kind of like a Ron Paul Republican, right? Sure. So, so being in that room with those those cronies, um, it was really frustrating. You know, the the Republican Party is is corrupt. Um, so is the Democrat Party. Um, if that's not obvious, then I don't like, actually, I would recommend everybody try to get involved in that process just to see how insane it is. And it's, and in, when I say it's insane, it will, it will drive you mad. Uh, and then you will leave that party. And so 
the Libertarian Party. It's like at least, you know, there's disagreements, but at least you can have a conversation with these people. Um, the Republicans and Democrats, it's just like, it's like, wow, I, it's, it's, it's so frustrating that the only people that could be involved in that are just, you know, to me, they're nutcases. They're, they're just evil people. And, uh, I can't, I can't stand to be around them. So, so that's, to me, that's why the libertarian party exists is, it's just, uh, a, a pressure release valve for, uh, the people who can't, you know, stand the other two parties. Um, and they do have things like you know the non-aggression principle, but that doesn't—it doesn't really fit into, uh, in my opinion, um, law. There's there's a guy uh, put pushing the non-aggression principle as as a a a way to understand the law. Um, it's called the Live and Let Live and Let Live uh, organization. I forget what it's called, but um, but anyway, that's that's my opinion. It's it's a it, you, if you look at the Libertarian Party as just a you know political organization, then it 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 can't it can't even work you know because it's seeking political political power to destroy it maybe. <laughs> well, I think that was part of the, this author's point, right? It's yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a uh, oh what's the word? It's a conflict of ideas. Yeah, it and it is it is, but it's a conflict of ideas. Because like the the insanity of the the two party system, um, it, it needs it needs resistance, and it, whether whether or not that resistance comes from the Libertarian Party or 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 just good people going into the two party system trying to change it from within, um, I don't know. I like uh, th- there are people right now trying to. Uh, t- talk to the you know political leaders, and and I wish them luck, but I I don't think it's going to work because they're they're not rational people. They're, I mean they're they're self rational. They'll, they'll do things to help themselves, um, and that's why that you know the political campaign donations are are so important to them because well they they're making money off of them. <laughs> so, uh, are you saying the Libertarian Party or Libertarian strategy should move towards lobbying efforts as opposed to running their own candidates? I, so I think lobbying efforts would be more effective. Um, maybe not 100% so, but um, I, I also think that if you're serious ab- about winning politically, then you should join one of the two, two parties. Um, that's what Ron Paul did. It it worked for him he was in you know office for over 20 years um and uh his son is doing the same thing um i think his son might be even more effective than ron paul Um, and also not a libertarian he's disavowed that label any number of times sure fine um and and so he should because he's in the republican party (laughs) But that's what you have to do if you want to make make your you know make your changes, um, and the, you know the the political process right now is so is so messed up that you know any any leaning towards a libertarian ideal is a welcome one. Is a what? I'm sorry. Is a welcome one. Okay. So, I hear you, right? I've I have never voted. I've never participated in any party politics um it's never really been my thing i much like the circus uh that was you know the donald trump presidency i watch things from afar uh mostly for the lulls right like it's it's entertainment for me and it's you know it's it's brainstorming right gives me gives me critical thinking Right, let me see what's going on. Let me how are they handling it? Let me put my brain to the test to see if I can come up with, you know, other theoretical solutions. Not because I'll never participate, so it'll never get implemented. Uh, but my general opinion of the Libertarian Party as it stands, um, is it has outgrown its usefulness. Right? 
Um, I'm on record as saying that any sort of activism that's done within the system uh, should be done with the idea or the goal in mind uh, uh, to ridicule the system itself, right? It should be done as satire um, to, to make fun of the system. Um, and the, the go-to example for me is always Vermin Supreme because, hey, he makes fun of the system. He always runs, you know, he always runs for office and he just makes fun of the whole thing while he's there. Yeah, but it would be, I think it would be even funnier if he ran as a Republican or a Democrat. It, yeah, it absolutely would be. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he, he was running before he got, before this last election, he was not running as a, as a um, libertarian. Like that was new that he got like invited to the party somehow or was welcomed in. He was always just an independent prior to that. Uh, to your point, a lot of the local candidates here, you know, the, the free staters, the political free staters here in New Hampshire, will run under the Republican or Democrat ticket. Um, and they'll win, right, as a Republican or, you know, as a Democrat. More so Republican now, it just seems to be skewing in that direction. Uh, to, the, to the anger and vitriol of the Republicans in the Republican Party, right? The governor himself is a Republican here. And he said, like, why do these libertarians keep running as Republicans? They're not Republicans. They should get the hell out of my party, basically. <laughs> so, so effective, I guess, in, in some way. Uh, but to your point, if you want to win the office, that's what you have to do. Unfortunately, they get into office and they get so worried about their political capital uh, that they don't really do anything necessarily effective, uh, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Because they go like, you know, hey, why don't you know why don't you introduce some like pro freedom, pro liberty legislation? And they go, well, we, we don't have the numbers right now, so it won't pass. And I don't want to lose my political capital by you know introducing something that may not pass. I go, what's the fucking point then? <laughs> you know, that's why you got elected to you know to to move liber- to move that Overton window back towards freedom and liberty. Like what? The- what the hell's otherwise the point? Uh, but that's the answer that I've gotten personally. Mm-hmm. So the Libertarian Party itself, right, outlived its usefulness. Um, if, it, if at one point it was for education and outreach, uh, it has lost its way insofar as it's no longer really about education and outreach, um, evidenced by the fact that they you know, were bringing in outsiders and washed out Republicans uh, to run for office because they thought that those might have a chance, right? If we can just get the libertarians to win, then maybe we can get the ideas of libertarianism out there. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, the overall party lost its usefulness to me or the national party. Um, at the local level, as you said, MC, it's easier to win as a Republican or Democrat. The libertarians don't win much here. Uh, even though there are libertarians in office, again, the vast majority are winning with R's and D's next to their name. So. And I, I don't think the Libertarian Party is is really a bad idea either. It's uh, it, it does get some attention and it, you know, if. Well, if it, it also can't else, be the spillover for the disavowed Republicans and Democrats either, which is kind of what you suggested earlier. It's like, oh, those washed out people need someplace to go. We'll bring them in here. Sure, but my my point is is that it 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 does spread uh, alternative ideas, and there it, there's a, a lot uh, surrounding the Libertarian Party, like all the uh, uh, publications that you mentioned earlier. You know, uh, for for news sources and uh, right you know, al- alternative information, and and that's to me that's the most important part is just getting a, a a different view than what is being pushed by the left and the right. Well, that's also why I asked if it'd be more important to, to lobby as opposed to run candidates or I, I think lobbying would, would be more effective, but, but not necessarily lo- lobbying as a libertarian, but just coming up with solutions that the, yeah. that the left and the right can, can uh implement um yeah it's 
it, not that not that they'll always be successful. I mean, it's like you you could point out to the left and the right. Okay, we got this Department of Education, um, and ever since then, uh, education standards have fallen in the U.S. So, should we keep the Department of Education or not? And the obvious answer is no. Like, end it. It failed. Um, but trying try to get the the political class to 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 do that because the Department of Education is part of the political machine and they want to keep it because it gives them more power so yeah um, to go back to the the shooting issues that we started the show with right there was uh, you know a picture that came out this past week of a dad like standing guard outside his kid's school right like i'm just gonna stand here and watch this school is dangerous or i don't you know it, it could be dangerous for my kid to be in here, and I need to, I am, I as the protector, need to stand guard and stand watch to make sure that nothing bad happens. And I was like, dude, just get your kid out of school, right? If, yeah, that if would that's, be the easy way. If that's where the bad shit happens, just don't be there, yeah. right? You know, if, if, if you're that concerned about school shootings and you still choose to put your kids in the environment that you deem to be unsafe... Right, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that shit parenting right there. <laughs> right, what else could it be? Do something different. Yeah. Doesn't have to be homeschooling necessarily. Just an alternative, right? Unschooling, homeschooling, alternate schooling, but not not the government run indoctrination camps. Or, in my opinion, you know, the, the private schooling alternatives, because a lot in a lot of places, at least, uh, the private schools are run, but they must follow the same state guidelines as the public schools. They just do a little bit better job of it. Uh, so I would, you know, I don't even advocate for that. As an alternative, sure, uh, but still not as good as other alternatives, in my opinion. But that's, you know, but no one wants to hear that, Right. Shut down the Department of Education. Close all the schools. Parents will figure it out. Yeah. Oh no, they um, lost their daycare. I mean, I I think a lot of the violence can can be attributed to just poor schooling. Um, you know, maybe maybe if all schools were uh, held to a higher standard, then. Um, You'd have less people, you know, going to the schools to shoot people up. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the mental health, there's, there's, there's so many things that contribute to the way the world is right now. I mean, even, even things like uh, diet, you know, affects people's sure. mental health. And and so you have you know really shitty school lunches. Thanks, Michelle Obama, <laughs> and. And uh, it's no wonder that 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 people have mental health problems, and, and then you then you force people to sit uh, in, in really boring classrooms, uh, being forced forced uh, you know the government indoctrination, and and then you expect people to uh, be normal. It's like no, yeah. it's weird. Okay, well take take a shot at this because this is one of the arguments. Um, that comes from the left and outside the country that I'm still searching for a reasonable explanation to, right? And it seems to be that school shootings is a uniquely American problem. And the Prussian model of schooling, that public schooling, state-run education, extends well beyond the scope of just an American thing. Right there, are, there are public schools everywhere. There are poor diets everywhere. So when they say like, "Well, it's it's a uniquely American problem um, because it's the guns, stupid," right? I go, "Well, I'm not going to grant you the gun stupid part, but I am curious as to why it seems to be a uniquely American problem." Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm generally curious. Um, like, like I, I was, I don't know how to say it. Uh, the best way, but I think our education standards uh, really suck. So, on the international um, and the international scale, uh, U.S. education standards. Okay, but compared so to I what think, then? I think 
the expectation. I don't think there is any expectation for kids. And so that, and I think that's why you get so many um, places. Like, for, for example, in Hawaii, there's some public schools that do good and some that don't. Well, what's the difference between the ones that do good and, and the ones that, that don't? It's, I think it's mostly the type of kids that are in each uh, school. So the, the, the kids in the school district. Uh, and so that it's basically the, their families. And so it's... Um, uh, Socioeconomic. It's, it's, Poor's, it's, poor areas do worse. Well, true, but it's it's more of a like a cultural thing. So if you have... The the idea I'm trying to get to is that um, in in some places it's actually popular to not be smart, um, and it's it's a cultural thing, and so that's where uh, you know kids in black schools do really bad because uh, are pri- not I won't say black schools there are lots of good black schools, but uh, gangster culture is uh, really harmful because it uh, idolizes. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Poor, uh, Violence and entrepreneurship. <laughs> uh, uh, Idolizes being dumb. I mean, okay. that's the only way I can think of it. It's like it's it's uh, street smarts over book smarts. Yeah, something like that. But it's not even smart. It's okay. It's. It's actually dumb. Like they they don't uh, they don't know how to uh, write. Like if you don't know how to write, do math, and uh, speak in a, an effective manner, then you're not going to be very successful in the world. And if 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 uh, acting like an idiot is prioritized over um, uh, high education, then you're not going to have good outcomes. And and that that happens. Uh, you know, all over it happens in, in Hawaii. You know, you got <laughs> you got kids that that uh, talk pigeon, and they think that's acceptable. And so, if you have a, a family and a culture that that says you know talking like an idiot is is acceptable, then well, um, maybe you're not going to succeed in life. You know, so anyway, that, that my my point is is that. Uh, the schools don't have very high standards. They don't care about the kids, and that's and that's why you uh, the education system is is failing. And I, you know, t- to me, like I wasn't introduced to like libertarian philosophy until I was, I don't know, twenty seven, maybe. Okay. I can't. I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. But, I was definitely in my twenties as well. Well, out of college before. Uh, and, I don't want to say heard the term because I heard it prior. It just meant nothing to me when I heard it the first time. And to me, it made life make so much more sense uh, when I looked at the world through a different lens um, that it made it better. And it made me want to know more and made me want to try harder. And that's when my life started improving the most. Um, and so I can see from you know my my time through high school it absolutely sucked and i didn't even know why it's like what how how could how can everything not make any sense and be so frustrating and and uh, you know why didn't why couldn't i figure out anything basically okay. and and a lot of it is because um i assumed that the world was working a certain way and you know i assumed there was adults making uh, good decisions. I assume you know the military when they bomb somebody, it was because there was adults uh, ma- making uh, decisions that were that were good for the U.S. and, and that the U.S. is a is is a is a good, a good force for the world and and all this stuff and uh, and it was all lies. So when you live in a, in a world where everything's a lie, like why why would you expect uh, mental health to be good? <laughs> See, I'm going to go back to my original question a little bit because I hear what you're saying. I'm, I don't disagree with that. Um, but is that a uniquely American thing? Like they don't have dumb schools I, in Canada no, and I, Mexico or Europe? I think, I think the amount of, of f- fakeness in the U.S. is absolutely appalling. 
And okay. it, it does, it actually, it's so bad that the the rest of the world is kind of focused on, well, what is, what is the U.S. going through right now? And so the rest of the world gets caught up in the U.S. drama. Okay. And, and we do have an outsized um, media and, uh, what do you call it? theatrical uh, Like market. Hollywood. Fakeness yeah, being Hollywood. The, yeah. the celebrity worship and celebrity culture. Yeah, all, all of that stuff plays into the the culture of the u.s okay. and there's so much so much fakeness and lies and uh just everybody trying to uh you know brain brainwash everybody to believe in their version of the world <laughs> that it, it can be frustrating and, and really confusing so so for these on edge school shooters those you know that were are getting not you know bullies bullies are everywhere that's the other thing right they're like oh it's, they're they're being yeah. bullied and hey, people get bullied everywhere not everyone shoots up a school um, could the libertarian ideals be the cure for that because it gives them an outlet per se like if you introduce um, the concepts in the schools I think so and I think I think the history of the U S was uh, at least up until probably the '60s or something, uh, much more libertarian. Okay. Um, like, I mean, you could you could see it because well, they used to have uh, you know firearms instructing uh, instructions in in high schools. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's like, um, so when, yeah, when you, when you treat everybody like a baby until they're 25, like. Well, obviously they're not babies. They're capable of, you know, owning guns and shooting people. Um, you know, that yeah, that's that's another thing. <laughs> the the uh, uh, co- the coddling of the American mind. The the, I mean, you, you can you understand what I'm saying? Like the culture of yes. the U.S. is, no, I is just I'm... totally warped. Yeah. And so so our media and our advertising is. It's all about you. You are the most awesome person in the world. And, That's true. And then and you have the, the, the YouTube, like, you know, be the center of the universe. It's like, yeah, no, that's, what it, <laughs> that's <laughs> what it was. That's what it was. It's like, you don't have to worry about the celebrities. Here's, here's the website where you get to be the star. Yeah. But anyway, all the advertising and everything is, is, you know, focused on, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just let me th- let me give, throw out giving a- people giving people a, a, a false sense of self. Every, and that's what I'm saying. It all leads back to there's so much fake stuff out there that it's, it's maddening. <laughs> let me throw out a term and see how it, see where it lands with you. Traditional American values. That's it. That's the term. <laughs> that's the term. <laughs> right? Because yeah. we we you know the and the, I, the and mythology. Go ahead. I don't really care about traditional American values, but what I'm saying is that there. Well, you said like back in the day it was more libertarian in the schools. Like that's that's where there we aren't, were. There aren't any values. It's make up your own values. And so some kid says, "Well, I think you know shooting uh, as many kids as I can is my value." Then, oh well, why is that any worse than any other value? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 gotten to the point where. Uh, People don't. People can't agree on, on on what's good for them, and they're, you know. I guess what I'm hearing, and I don't necessarily agree with. I, I don't necessarily disagree with, is that there was, there are certain things that were uniquely American, right? For uh, freedom, liberty, justice, those sorts of things. Sure. And the further we stray away from those things as a culture, yeah, but, the worse but where- things become. Where are we heading to? And and now it's the the idea that you be you. Whatever you do is great. Just be the best you you can be. It's like no, there's some people that are like they've got it completely backwards, and nobody's telling them that they're insane. Okay. And and it but it but it's it's for everything. You know, <laughs> my my favorite topic is is climate change. You know, that and so they're telling high school kids, "Hey, well, the world's going to end. Pe- humans are bad for the planet. Um, the best thing you should you could do is sterilize yourself so you don't have more kids because everybody's got a carbon footprint." 
I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that is. You're you're absolutely right. And do you, do you think that those teachings or those positions are what lead to the doom and gloom, despair, dismay? You know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's 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 just so much. It's to me, it's just fake overload. It's like okay. everything is like, and that's and that's why I said once I started with the libertarian ideals or ideas um, that I was able to see things through at least uh, a different lens. And then because of that, now I question everything. I literally question everything. So it's the same as you. Like when you see a shooting, you're like, well, I wonder if the FBI was involved in this. Yes. And that, and that's the first question you should ask. Like, what did they know about this before it happened? Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance they knew something. And and that's always where I go to, but I also understand that uh, even under libertarian ideals, you're not going to eliminate crazy from the world. No, well, that's right? true. But but I think you know to 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 start you know healing the world. Um, I I think looking at it through a libertarian lens is is the right way to do it. Okay, um, because. Because they point out things like, um, uh, "Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff." <laughs> you know, yes. like that—that's that should be fundamental. Um, you would think, it, you would it, hope. It generally is in kindergarten, but as soon as you get to like fifth or sixth grade, it's it's well, uh, you know, should you cut off your penis or not? <laughs> you know, it's way like, too early what? for that decision. It's like for what? <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it's a. Uh, I don't know, and you know, and, and nothing's perfect either. Like, like I said, when when I went through uh, high school, I went through a period of, uh, you know, being being the idiot and thinking it was cool. So I wore the 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 biker jacket and you know listened to uh, crazy loud music just just to uh, be a rebel, you know, okay. and, and it, it had nothing to do with, Oh, am I trying to better myself or not? Okay. And, uh, I and feel so, like I did the same, but I still got good grades. <laughs> I mean, I, I got decent grades, but, okay. it, but my point was, is that I wasn't, I wasn't focused on, uh, my performance, let's say doing, right. doing, getting the most out of it. I'm not talking just about grades, but did I learn anything? Like, was that important to me? Um, no, getting and, good grades was important. That was it for college. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not though. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, well, I lost track with my, my thought process there, but, Sorry. um, is it important for this, for the, for the school that the, the, the children, are there to maximize their potential and and perform and and my answer is no because they yeah. they let they let me act like as much of an idiot as I wanted to be and there was there's obviously kids that are way more idiotic than me that were just let you know run wild to to continue in, into their lunacy as much as they wanted to it's like it's, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that kids should be controlled, but you know, if if you're not there to learn, they should be able to you know kick you out of the classroom. Like, sure. Oh, you're not you're not here to learn. Get the fuck out. Um, and then and then I think if if that was an option, then I think you'd have a lot more kids like take their education seriously. And then and then if if you don't like the class or you don't like the teacher or whatever, you should also have the option to say, no, you're not teaching me. I'm not learning anything in this shit classroom. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, I, I had a, a coworker who became a friend, but I met him when he was in high school and I basically, you know, convinced him to drop out. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, trust me, dude, like you're smarter than school already. Um, and he was, you know, he'd come to work complaining about being bullied and picked on, and you know, learning the nonsense that was going on in in the schools. Um, and you know, it's like, well, it you you may only be hearing this from me, but that may not be the best place for you, right? It's not for everybody. It may not be the best place for you. It may behoove you to drop out, you know, go get the GED if you need it, or just start working. 
And he was like, well, what do I do on the application where, you know, wants to know uh, my high school? I was like, just lie, right? <laughs> early, on, early on enough, uh, no one's going to verify whether or not the high school you wrote down on the application is accurate, right? That no one's checking diplomas when you apply at fucking McDonald's or whatever, <laughs> right? I've had a master's degree for how long? I think I've only applied to one job where they actually needed me to pull my transcripts to verify anything, right? <laughs> They've, every job that I've gotten since then, good, bad, or otherwise, has taken me at my word uh, that I did indeed get this degree uh, from this institution at that particular time. But what's been more important is my ability to do the job after getting hired, right? Right, right. Like you lie on the application and then do the job and then you're fine. Um, yeah, that was, that was basically my advice to him and it still stands, right? I don't, you know, if they're, if they're not going to check, who cares? Right. And there, you know, there, there's the occasional article about some higher up dude or whatever who lied to get in and now he's got to get fired. Like he can't be the CEO anymore. It's like, well, why not? He's done a fine <laughs> job so far. It proves that, you know, the metrics that you're using to evaluate them is incorrect. You should change the metric, not change, you know, not fire yeah. the guy who's doing well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so school, um, school itself, not necessarily for everybody, and having an outlet for those individuals who feel like school isn't right for them could probably be beneficial, whether or not they're getting bullied or don't feel like they belong or just general social teenage angst. Um, the last thing I want to comment on before we wrap it up here is because this was pressing on my mind as well uh, throughout the week is the idea of the role model, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that seems to be missing in a lot of culture today. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it seems that uh, especially younger kids, right? They're, they don't necessarily, they, they don't necessarily have independent thought yet right there's no critical thinking yet uh, it's mimicry well, of what they're surrounded by go ahead that's kind of, that's kind of the point is is that um that uh critical thought isn't prioritized in 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 grade school or high school right so it's mostly memorization and uh taking orders so it's basically worship the adults and do what they say and don't make noise and uh and so some of the rebellious behavior is simply because the the system just sucks and it's boring and so then you know acting out or acting stupid can make you popular in a system like that and yes and that's part and, and if you don't stop it if you just let it keep going um, then, uh, then you, <laughs> you get a whole bunch of, uh, idiocy basically, but right. And, and so what I think needs to exist outside that system, right. Are the role models for which the youths can look towards to mimic or model. Cause it's in the fucking term, right. Model their behavior after for now, right. When you develop the capacity for critical thinking, uh, then we can talk about your ability to think critically and make decisions on your own. Yeah. But I think fundamentally it starts with having those models of which to model your role after. Uh, and that, I think that carries through education and into society where, you know, um, you know bl blame it on the socioeconomic status or the, you know, the, the, the lack of two parent households or whatever you want but there's just not enough um, positive adults, I guess, displaying the traits and characteristics for those individuals, right? Like if you, if you had a whole bunch of positive libertarian role models, right, saying like, no, no, this is, you know, doing, the, doing that education and then outreach, as you said, MC, uh, saying like, this is how you ought to behave in polite, civilized society, and these are the behaviors that are acceptable, and these are the behaviors that are not acceptable. And there may be some consequences for shit behavior, right? You can't just, you, you can be who you want to be, uh, but that may make you an outcast because not everyone likes to get punched in the face, 
right? And if you're going to be the jackhole that goes around punching people in the face because that's just who you are, you may face some external consequences to that, and that ought to be taught early on. All right. Well, All right. that was fun. Um, I don't know if we solved anything. But no, we don't. We don't ever solve anything. <laughs> I've that that be, that that became a lost cause in year somewhere in year one or two. Uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there anyway. That'll do it for us. Uh, you guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.